0: Christmas is obviously a time of celebration. It's a time of decoration. Our flower committee has done such a wonderful job, as they always do, in putting together the beauty of the season around our church so we can enjoy that and celebrate our Savior's birth. Trees and lights appear throughout the community. Manger scenes are depicted in everything from plastic and metal to live actors. We had the wonderful Springfield Community Christmas there at uh, uh, the fairgrounds a couple of weeks ago and just had a wonderful response to that. Several people came to know the Lord. Just great, great things. Christmas displays can range from the very, very simple to the -the over-the-top extravaganzas. They're all to celebrate the birth of one little baby boy. Nothing wrong with all that. We certainly have reason to celebrate as believers that Christ has come into our world. But in the midst of all that celebration, it is very important not only to celebrate what happened, but also celebrate why it happened. In John 3.16, Jesus tells us what happened. But then in John 3:17 he gives the reason why it happened. Here's what the Bible tells us. Jesus said, "For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him." What happened? God sent his son. Why did it happen? That he might save the world. Now to understand what Jesus did and why he did it, we first have to understand what Jesus didn't come to do. As we saw last week, this passage occurs within a conversation that Jesus was having with a religious official, a Pharisee, a ruler named Nicodemus. And this member of the Jewish ruling council risked his reputation coming at night to see this man that his other Pharisees were trying to kill. But Nicodemus needed an answer to a question that had been burning in his heart. It was so important to him to get that answer that he was willing to risk everything to come to Jesus to find out. Nicodemus knew about all the miracles. He knew about Jesus' teaching. No one had ever been like Jesus. No one had ever done the things that he was doing. No one had ever taught the things that he was teaching. His fellow rulers called Jesus a blasphemer. But Nicodemus couldn't quite see it that way. So he tells Jesus, no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. Nicodemus recognized there was something different about Jesus. He wasn't exactly sure what it was, but he wanted to know. And then in the middle of that conversation, Jesus throws Nicodemus a curveball. He tells Nicodemus that nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. In the explanation that follows, Jesus described how he had come to give a sacrifice for sins for all who would receive him. And that explanation culminates in the verse that we read last week, that verse that we all know so well, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then Jesus follows that with an explanation that challenges Nicodemus even more. The predominant view of the day was that the Messiah would come to reestablish the kingdom of David by kicking out the Roman Empire and making Israel once again the nation that it had once been. Now, it's not too hard to see where that kind of thinking would have originated. The Jewish people had chafed under the oppressive rule of the Roman emperor. They were tired of paying all the heavy taxes. They were disheartened that they had not been able to rule their own land, the promised land that God had given them. Through the time period just before the New Testament era, there had been several figures who had appeared who had tried to bring about an uprising of the Jewish people. They tried to throw off the Roman rule. And some of them had come very close to succeeding and then just not quite. It had failed. It's not hard to understand that people were looking for someone to finally deliver them. I mean, just imagine if our country, the United States, was ruled by a foreign empire. We'd be looking for somebody to set us free to. But Jesus came to do far more than just that. And so Jesus continues his explanation to Nicodemus because he knows that Nicodemus is is thinking, is this man really the Messiah? And if he is, how is all this going to work? And and Jesus wanted him to understand, oh, Nicodemus, you don't know even half of the story. (laughs) And so he gives Nicodemus this explanation with a corrective. He starts off by saying what he didn't come to do. That first part of verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Now that would have been really, really hard for Nicodemus to swallow. It actually was going to take a while for Jesus' disciples (laughs) to accept that reality. They all thought, surely the Messiah came to get rid of all these people we don't like. But no. Jesus came to save them too. Now we get that now. We who are Gentiles celebrate that truth. That Jesus came not only for the Jews, but he came for us as well. But it's still very easy for us to fall into the same misinterpretations that they had back in the New Testament day about what Jesus came to do. So, this morning, I want to list for you some things that Jesus did not come to do that sometimes we think he did come to do. Okay, so, get your toes out because I'm going to step on them a little bit this morning. But that's okay. This step's on my toes, too. Here's something. First thing, Jesus did not come to make your life easy. Some people make the mistake of thinking, I'll accept Christ and all my problems will go away. No, that's not what Jesus promised. In fact, he said the exact opposite. He said, if you follow me, they'll persecute you. They'll treat you the same way they've treated me rock star boat a little bit. Wait a minute. You mean Jesus is not going to put me on easy street? No. He's not. It's not what he came to do. Second. Like Jesus did not come to make us rich. Now there are those who actually preach that. They say, hey, you accept Christ and the money's going to start rolling in. Well it rolls into them. <laughs> But no, Jesus didn't come to make us rich in earthly treasures. Now, he does make us rich in something far more significant. But we'll talk about that later. Number three, Jesus did not come to get rid of our enemies. Here's where we fall into the same trap as the the people of the New Testament day came. They thought the Messiah was coming to get rid of the Romans. No. Jesus came to save the Romans too. We fall into that same mistake today. We have folks who oppose us. We have folks that we don't agree with. We have folks we don't like very much. And although we wouldn't say it this way, and although we, we, we wouldn't even think it this way, somewhere deep within our heart, we're saying, God, why don't you just zap them? Just let them know who's boss. You know? But no. Jesus came to save them, too. Okay. Here it comes. Get ready. Let your toes wiggle a little bit. Jesus did not come to elect the Republican or the Democrat that we like. (laughs) Sometimes we get that a little bit out of whack, but it's the truth. Now, Jesus is in authority over our government. He is in control, thank goodness, of our government. He actually puts the leaders in control what the Bible says. He says those who are in authority, God put there. And he was talking to people who were under the authority of a Roman emperor who was trying to kill them. So you think that's hard to swallow sometimes for us today. That was really hard to swallow when Paul wrote it to people who absolutely hated the emperor that was ruling them. But Jesus, his ministry is for far more than just earthly things. Number five, Jesus did not come to make us popular or powerful. In fact, the disciples were probably at the lowest part of the rung on both of those accounts. They were not popular and they were not powerful in earthly terms. But that wasn't what Jesus came to do for them. Number six. Jesus did not come to show us that we are right and everybody else is wrong. Jesus is right. Period. You could go on and on with that list about a lot of things that we sometimes mistake When we think that Jesus came to do, and that's really not what he came to do. What did Jesus come to do? Well, so many would settle for a Messiah who would just condemn everybody else but them. (laughs) But there's a real problem with that when you think about it. If Jesus came to get rid of all of the enemies in the world, he'd get rid of us too. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that includes everybody here. (laughs) Condemning the world would condemn us also. You know those signs at the amusement park when you come into the roller coaster and they got that little fellow with his hand up saying, you must be this tall to ride this ride. Remember when you were a kid, trying to get up to that, and say, Mom, look, I am this tall, see? No. None of us measures up to the glory of God. Not one of them. So if Jesus got rid of everybody who didn't measure up, <laughs> heaven would be empty, because nobody measures up. But that's not what Jesus came to do. God's law already does that, by the way. We're already condemned by the fact that we don't measure up to what the Bible says. We can't quite do it. So Jesus came to do what we can't do. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And in doing so, Jesus came to save the world. It's important during this season that we understand what Jesus did come to do. This is the reason we celebrate. This is the reason that we decorate. This is the reason we sing. This is the reason that we bow down and worship a baby born in a manger. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. If Jesus came to condemn the world, then all of us are without hope. He has every right to condemn every single one of us. And Matthew 25 verse 31 identifies Jesus as the one who will be sitting on the throne when everything is said and done, when every earthly power has ceased to be, there will be one authority, one power, and it will be Jesus. Period. John 5:27 describes Jesus as the one who alone has the authority to judge everyone. Nobody else. Only Jesus. Only He has the right to condemn us all. But that's not why He came. He came to save us. The Jews of the New Testament day believed that the Messiah would come to save them from the Romans. And to judge everyone else, the Gentiles. They were mistaken on two counts. First, Jesus would judge everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. And Jesus came to save everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. I suspect that all of us have have at one time or another opened Christmas presents that we didn't really like all that much. (laughs) A little less than what we were expecting. We've all been there. I remember one year, uh, one of my daughters was expecting a a new cell phone. So as a gag, we we wrapped up one of those old bag phones. You remember (laughs) those? big giant things? That didn't go over very well. I think she would have liked an ugly Christmas sweater or fruitcake better. That didn't work out. But even when we get a gift that isn't exactly what we were looking for, uh, we try to be grateful, uh, even though we're inside plotting how we're going to re-gift that next year to somebody else. Most of us have been down that road, but, but that's offset by those times that we... Receive a gift that's just way more than we were ever expecting. That ring that's hidden inside an old sock, or or the car keys inside some fuzzy bedroom slippers, or my personal favorite, when my dad hid some diamonds and rubies that my mom had been wanting in a dishwasher that she hadn't been wanting. Good save, Dad. <laughs> It was going to take some time for Nicodemus and and even for the disciples to fully understand what Jesus was describing in John 3.17. Because what he says in John 3.17 was way more than anybody had been expecting the Messiah to do. They wanted to replace an earthly kingdom with another earthly kingdom that would have someday been replaced by another earthly kingdom that would have someday been replaced by another earthly kingdom Jesus came for far more than that Jesus came to give us life everlasting Jesus came to forgive our sin Jesus came that we might have abundant life. Jesus came that we might be what we were created to be. Jesus came that our relationships with each other might be made right. Jesus came to set the captive free. Jesus came that the world through Him might be saved. That's reason to celebrate. Heavenly Father, help us celebrate today for your great gift. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.